This is P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And it's Emmy time. Emmy time. It really snuck up out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're sick of talking about it, well, sorry, because we have some takes that need to be shared. I feel like I'm not sick of talking about it because (laughs) I think it sort of just like happens sporadically. This is a weird year for the Emmys because... It seems like it came out of nowhere. It seems like none of the shows are like that good necessarily. Or they're like, (laughs) I think because of the, uh, because of the sort of switch up, like a lot of the big shows aren't here. It's a lot of like sort of random new shows in the mix, which we talked about in the nomination period. But also because all of us were stuck at home, I was like, I don't feel like I've watched a lot of these, but then it's actually like, oh no, I've watched like almost all of these because I was at home for a year. So I did watch Queen's Gambit and I did watch, you know, Emily in Paris and I did watch I May Destroy You and I did watch Ted Lasso. So I felt very like informed watching this of like, But oh, did you get around to Mayor of Easttown? I did not get around to Mayor of Easttown <laughs> and I did not <laughs> get around to um, the Underground Railroad. Yes, I was like, oh, <laughs> if I'd have thought that Mayor of Easttown would have won anything, I would have watched it, but... Yeah, sorry I didn't do a good job of hyping that up because I just... I don't want to get too off. I'll save my thoughts. Okay. Um, but the Emmys happened, um, you know, big night. Everyone was happy to be there. I think it was, uh, well, everyone except Seth Rogen, bless his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and the red carpet was fine. I didn't feel like anyone wowed me. I looked at like past years and I was like, oh yeah, I love that dress. Oh yeah, that was great. This one, I feel like there's not going to be anything lasting from it. Um, except I guess you have thoughts about some, <laughs> some, cap that uh well, queen i mean princess diana wore i freaking loved emma corn's weird like ghostly bathing cap like 70s <laughs> looks like she's gonna murder you often it really only worked though i feel like with the creepy gloves that had like the long black nails out of it and then when she was <laughs> on the actual show like when they cut to her she must have taken the nails off because they weren't there and I was like (laughs) I was like the nails are the part that's really tying this together she looks like she's straight out of like Rosemary's Baby or some kind of no she looked like Romeo and Juliet it was like uh, honestly I probably disagree with you in that if she didn't have the nails I would have been like more okay with what was going on oh no I love the horror element of it (laughs) well good I mean and then we cut to um, the show itself which was hosted by um, the guy we knew from the neighbors or neighborhood the, the neighborhood. neighborhood yeah cedric the entertainer yeah. <laughs> and also i was thinking about last year's emmys and how they were like yes. remote and remember there was like people sort of like coming in and out of the studio but there wasn't anybody there and everyone was at their house accepting the award um so it was interesting to now be this year and everybody's live in person except for the UK people who are had their own kind of show but there really wasn't there weren't people at home there weren't people phoning in like everybody was uh, dressed up in their fancy clothes they said at the beginning of the show you know everyone's been vaccinated everybody's tested but they were like packed into that room and, oh yeah and also they weren't in an auditorium they were in like uh it was like a golden globe setup where they were all at tables they weren't like in in rows of chairs and then the the stage was sort of in the middle so when they won an award they would like get up from their table walk to the stage in the middle 
give their speech and then walk back to their chair like they didn't even go to a press room. It was very it was a sort of a weird <laughs> setup. I was confused as to Well the Emmys have always had tables at the very least, right? It's the drunk party one or is I that the Golden Globes? That's the Golden Globes. I think oh, okay. that the Emmys are usually like the Oscars and it, it's just like mm-hmm. it's at the Kodak theater or whatever and it's all the yeah. people sitting in the rows and then you get up <laughs> and you walk down the aisle. Yeah. Well, this was nice. I mean, um, overall, the hosting was like, fine, whatever. But I really did like the opening number. It felt very joyous and um, celebratory. They they basically led the room in a karaoke rendition of Bismarck's you got, got what, what I need. need. Yeah. You got what I, <laughs> I got what you need. You got what I need. Yeah. Yeah. They like changed the words to it. And there were some uh like LL Cool J and Cedric the Entertainer rapping, but then all of a sudden Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife, was <laughs> rapping. And I truly have no idea why she was there because she did not present. I don't think she was nominated for anything. I was like, <laughs> what? Maybe she produced. I was like, she's there. only here for this she's a COVID rapping segment at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I liked that. And I also liked for the most part, Cedric the Entertainer's like monologue at the beginning. I, I mean, I, I'm more of a sucker for award show things than you are, but I was like, oh, I do like the host gives the monologue and like tells jokes about the shows. Like, yeah, for sure. I, I like that. I think it's fun. So the, Honestly, the show the, opens the worst... strong, I feel. <laughs> yeah, the worst part of the opening is that I couldn't like, I don't know if it was my TV's problem, but I couldn't like pick out what they were actually saying. Oh like, yeah, me either. Wise. Nope, not a not and a so chance. So I was like, I I hope these are funny and clever, but I heard something about Sesame Street, and I was like, oh okay, well that's a lazy reach. Like what the, what's the relevancy here at the nighttime Emmys? But well, the strange Emmys. The weirdest part about the opening number was at first it's just like a couple people rapping and then all of a sudden like half the audience has microphones yeah, and are just like so singing fun. along to the <laughs> chorus i was like oh okay like this is i get down with this yes i honestly i really loved it i think ted lasso has proven that sometimes you just want to embrace your most optimistic side and i think that was a nice touch where it was like all these people, you know, are their problems real problems uh, for the most part? No, but they're just happy to be back at their usual form. And I got happy getting to go back to Target one day. So it's like it's their level of a return to normalcy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm happy for them. You know, like I'm glad they got a moment of joy and uh, they did it as safely as they could and took some time to try and urge others to do the same. Um, so I can't be mad about it, but I did love when Seth Rogen came out and was like, you guys promised this be outdoors and it's literally not. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a tent, but like, there's a roof on it. Yeah. yeah like I have some questions <laughs> about this. I also think contributing to that optimistic atmosphere is the fact that most of the shows were sort of newly nominated like even the crown which is on its fourth season like the actors are new there was a there was an element in the room of people who were like excited to win it wasn't a room full of like breaking bad and mad men and game of thrones and modern family where you're like these people have been here 80 times competing for the same exact award like there was right it felt like the people who were there like we're excited to be there wanted to win you like you didn't know who was 
you know, like a front runner in some of these categories. So it felt more exciting, I think, than when you have like Peter Dinklage, you know, getting up on stage for the sixth time being like, okay, like, (laughs) thank you for this award again. I don't know what to say. Yeah. And I think um, it it was interesting how they did things um, through the award show. Obviously, the host got in a few bits. Some of the presenters got in bits. Some of them just came out and said their little piece. I don't know. Did you like the show overall or what were your feelings there? I felt that, like the show overall was good. Um, it didn't go that much over the three hour time limit. <laughs> uh, the, good for the, yeah, I mean, I didn't, uh, some of the Cedric entered the, Cedric the Entertainer bits I thought were bad like the whole thing about the fly and Mike Pence's hair or whatever the thing was yeah the Florida boats I was like I don't understand this like I don't know why we're doing this this doesn't really have anything to do with the TV shows or whatever but I did like the um the thing about the people who hadn't won an Emmy with like Zoe Deschanel (laughs) and what I was like okay this is kind of funny um and I thought yeah the presenters were like entertaining but like kept the th- stuff moving and i felt like in general they there were definitely they could have trimmed a bunch of those like variety show categories because who mm. cares about them but aside from that i thought it was fine i thought it was yeah like decent and especially after that boring oscar <laughs> show yeah, anything last better. year i was like thank the lord i mean i th- feel like the thing that was weird weirdest to me was they would do this thing where a voiceover, um, someone would announce the the nominees, but then they'd announce the um, presenters, and the presenters would then come out, and especially at the beginning, they'd just give like some canned like one liner about like oh it's great to see our society reflected like oh like it's kind of an unrelated feel good quote about the situation mm-hmm. and then they'd be like and the winner is and it was really like weirdly disconnected and i didn't understand why they did it that way like i think it seemed like the the like packages were pre-recorded and then they had the presenters and they had to announce the presenters but they'd already done the packages so then they were like oh, well, you're already up here, so you have to say something since we already announced who the nominees are. So let's see if you can do something funny or moving or whatever in your 30 seconds of spotlight. But then sometimes they did have the pe- the presenters come out yes. before the nominations. And then I think there was at least once where, where they like had somebody present the nominations and then a different person presented the award. So it was like, <laughs> I don't... They were, Everyone just wanted a time to yes. shine. They were just happy to be there. There was a lot of yeah. There was a lot of people on the on the yeah. stage. I mean, I think as we get into the awards, this will become more prominent. But it was interesting to watch them, you know, because this was this was touted as sort of a historic moment for the Emmys. It had some of the most people of color nominated. Um, the categories were the most diverse they've been, and so they would come out with their little like. you know one-liners about like oh the world needs more voices but then (laughs) time after time the white people won and it just became sort of like uncomfy and then you have something like the um i've never won an emmy skit where it's just 
you know, six white people complaining about never having won an Emmy while we're then forced to watch black people and people of color be snubbed in pretty shocking ways for the rest of the two and a half hours, you know, it was was a little bit uncomfy. It's, it was, it was difficult because basically there was like two different sweeps going on between the Ted Lasso (laughs) group and the, um, the crown group. And it's like, neither of those shows really has anybody of color in it. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, yes, we love those shows and clearly, and that they're both very good shows, but it's like, if, either either when you're voting you have to sort of like split your votes a lot more or or we're gonna have these kind of situations where yeah like a one show is um because it's like the, yeah, yeah i mean it's like the same thing with Shit's creek last year where it yeah. won everything it's like okay well Shit's creek again does not really have any black people in it so therefore yeah. i mean you, you can love Shit's creek and vote for it which i think is a perfectly fine thing to do but then you're going to have all of these comedy categories where it's only going to be white people who win i think they smartly this year at least split up the categories so they didn't do like all of the comedy all of the dramas because otherwise we would have because the crown won everything in the drama categories so i'm glad that at least that was split up in the structure of the show but yeah yeah it's sort of just um you know it it it's unfortunate that it remains sort of a popularity contest. Like obviously it is Um, the Emmy voting body is still very, 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 very much white. And a couple of people remarked on that um, last night where one of them was like, I'm literally the only Asian at these events unless Mindy Kaling comes and then there's two Asians. (laughs) And so it is like, obviously I think people get tired of this conversation because they're like, like, what do you want? Like we're trying, like, you know, what do you want? Like they got nominated. It's an honor there, isn't it? And like you said, Ted Lasso is one of my most favorite shows and it's beloved. And when they won, I was joyous, but it is just kind of like hard to swallow the whole pill when you like see like this pattern that's really hard to break. And you think about the last historic Emmy win when Viola Davis was like the only thing that keeps black women from from this is opportunity it's like you know they're not i don't know it just becomes less fun as the evening went on Uh, yeah the we've talked about this before obviously on the podcast of how with the oscars there is the potential and sort of the expectation that the voters have at least once we get to the to the nominations will watch everything like there's only you know eight movies that are nominated for best picture like do they all not necessarily but i think a lot of people at least have seen the majority of things that are nominated in their branch that they are voting for. Right. With the Emmys, because there are so many television shows and lots of TV shows have so many seasons, the it's much more difficult to watch everything. So you do get this popularity contest and sort of a voter who has seen four or five shows and so is probably going to vote for those. So really with the Emmys, it's how do you get these white older voters to start watching shows that have people who are more diverse in them so that then they will vote for those shows rather than voting for the shows with white people in them that they are already watching. So I do think that all of the nominations is a 
big step that like shouldn't be overlooked because you know you are going to have people now who uh, who because things got nominated this year are like oh maybe I should go watch Pen 15 or oh maybe I should go watch I May Destroy You or you know whatever else and right. then like and then maybe next year since more people have seen those they will win but yes it is also disappointing to not see those wins this year and it's also quite frankly disappointing when one show sweeps so much when you it it appears lazy because like i mean i love the crown Mm. so much but it's like there are performances in the crown that are better than others and so it's like yes some of those wins i think are very deserving but there are also other things nominated in that category that if you actually watched everything you'd be like okay best supporting actor probably shouldn't go to the guy from the crown he didn't really have that much to do this season and there's other people who are sitting in that category who have had better, uh, you know, years where they've done more stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think like at the midpoint, you had the COO come out and give this rousing speech. (laughs) And Conan O'Brien is like giving him a standing ovation. And it's meant to be very funny. And it is. But then he starts talking about like, oh, yeah, it's important that we have diversity. It's like, okay, yes, yes, yes. Let's get there, though. It's, It's just like, I mean, yeah, like you said, we've talked about this a lot. We talk about every time the nominations come out. I'm still salty about the lack of love for Lovecraft Country, um, where I think there was, no matter your problems with the story, there was some great performances happening there. And um, it's hard to watch Mayor of Easttown sort of take anything. When, again, not that they're the same, but I just mean, there are just like moments in the show where I was like, ugh. It's just kind of like bland at the end. Well, do you want to dig into the stuff with the crowns and the drama categories since we're talking about Um, it? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, like I said, the crown swept all of the drama categories. So one (laughs) writing and directing series and then all four of the acting categories. Um, And I loved this season of The Crown. I thought it was very good. The Crown did not win very much last year for its third season, which I don't think was quite as strong. Um, I think that part of the issue with these categories was sort of lack of a compelling competitor. And so I think people were just lazy and voted for the crown because there were lots of these shows that they didn't really even feel like that they needed to watch. Um, I mean, in the drama category, you have the boys, Bridgerton, Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Pose, and This Is Us. (laughs) And, and really the only show that or the other show that was getting lots of nominations is The Handmaid's Tale, which is like four seasons in, I think most people think that it's not as good. Like, (laughs) so I don't know, like, I would have loved to see Lovecraft Country do better but i think hbo shot themselves in the foot there because they canceled the show after one season so i think if you're someone who didn't watch lovecraft country before and you're like oh well it got canceled after a season like am i gonna go watch it now to vote on that like i can see why uh, i can like i wish that there was a more compelling competitor in some of these categories because it's like uh the crown is like sitting there with an abundance and it's this huge HBO show that has lots of buzzy actors and has loads of money. So it's like, obviously 
a front runner. And when you're putting it up against the Mandalorian and, you know, Bridgerton, it's sort of like, <laughs> uh, like, uh, I guess we give it you to know, the You know, I saw a list that said Bridgerton was robbed here. So some people think that that was <laughs> a competitor. For what? For which? For, for best drama. <laughs> Were you reading my sister's just, fan website? Yeah, I don't know exactly where I saw it, but I laughed out loud. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think this category is tough. And and that's sort of the frustrating part is that, you know, you, you get on this like sort of short high of like, oh, wow, we're getting so many nominees. Like, yes, like this is so great to see. But then you realize like, oh, yeah, but the shows with the with the money and the staying power are the shows that, you know, you're not going to see a black character on the crown like ever. Like that's right. the yeah, reality just, of the story. Yeah. And so it's an, it's like a, it's a symptom of a larger issue, obviously, but I do feel like the crown itself seemed genuinely surprised by how well they did this year. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, I think it's a lot of lack of competition, but Yes, there were definitely some wins that were surprising. Like, yeah. I, I think everybody thought that Gillian Anderson would win. Everybody thought that Josh O'Connor would win. They've won, you know, other award shows. But Tobias Menzies, who's Prince Philip, like, doesn't really even have his own episode this season. So the <laughs> fact that he won Best Supporting Actor, I was like, that's bizarre. But then also, if you look at the list of competitors, it's, like, not great cynically if michael k williams had died like two weeks earlier i think he would have won that category but unfortunately i think voting we both guessed that he would win and so it's an it is sad that it didn't pay off because i think that would have been a really nice moment and a really valid and and, um fair choice and i think he well he should have won i mean even separate of passing away because he was good in that show and also because that category has 17 people from the handmaid's (laughs) tale and then uh, perry mason the mandalorian and this is it's like no Uh, this should have been the spot where lovecraft country should have gotten an award yeah but i think people just didn't see it because it got canceled i think if i think if man i think if lovecraft country doesn't get canceled if they give it a second season it is a fighting competitor in a lot of these categories. Yeah. I think also, I don't know when the crown came out, but I feel like Lovecraft country was ages ago. It just feels so long. Yeah. Ago. It was before the crown. So it, that I'm sure hurts it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, otherwise I'm trying to like, is there anybody else in any of these categories where you're like, Oh, they were definitely robbed. Um, I think the only thing um, we, also got wrong in our predictions was MJ Rodriguez losing for Pose um, to Olivia. We both had guessed that MJ would pull through, but alas. Yeah, I'm 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 sort of surprised that Pose didn't do better than it did. I think it was I think it it uh, was sort of like too late to the party almost. You know, it's like mm. I think this was its third season and its final season, or maybe it was its fourth season and its final season. But like, I feel like the momentum for that show is like just sort of like it. It has like a Shit's Creek sort of feel to it, where I feel like if it had had two more seasons, like it would have like people were finally sort of like waking up on it. But then it ended, and so it, I don't. Th- I think it lost some of that momentum, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, and 
all their speeches were like, whatever. I didn't really feel like any of them stuck with me. Uh, but happy for them. You know, they, Olivia Coleman pulled through another win. Good for her. Um, love her surprise face. She's really mastered it. Um, and then everyone else. Yeah. I, I think she was actually surprised that she won. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I think everybody thought that Emma Corrin was going to win because she had won the Golden Globe and I think the oh. SAG Awards and stuff. So I think everybody thought that she was going to win that. But again, yeah. the old whites, you know, they, they know <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> They've got a staying power. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, I guess. Um, should we talk about the comedy or do you want to do limited series? Sure, let's do comedy. Um, okay. This started off the show. Um, immediately you get the lead actress, uh, or no, wait, supporting, supporting actress. Yeah, that's right. To the beloved, um, oh, I was going to call her a character, but Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso, who plays Rebecca. (laughs) And I honestly, like, I loved this moment. Everyone was so happy. She was thrilled. It seemed like a really sincere, happy moment. Obviously they've been sweeping left and right, everything, um, but it was sort of a concern of if they would split the vote here because, um, yeah, because Juno Temple's also Juno in was it. also nominated. But she pulled through. I really loved it. I was here for it. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Ted Lasso, and then to have it followed with Brett Goldstein winning for supporting actor, um, that felt nice too. I honestly teared up when he teared up. I don't know. I've gone soft in my old <laughs> age. I just. I was really happy for them. Okay. They're nice people and I'm I'm glad to see them winning. Well, they did so well. And the and I mean I've only watched the first season, which is what they were nominated for, which is yeah. I think very strong. But yeah, yeah I was sort of con- concerned that they were gonna split the vote. But then also the fact that they were up against like nine hundred people from SNL. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, those people aren't yeah. gonna win. I felt like it really came down to in this category or in some of these categories, whether or not people liked the flight attendant at all, because that mm. sort of seemed to be the, the, the spoiler where it would all only have like one or two nominations in some of these categories. And it's like, if people liked the flight attendant, they could have given it to somebody because other people were splitting the vote, but apparently didn't, people didn't like the flight attendant as much as I did. <laughs> didn't win anything. Yeah. Sorry. I also thought that this was a, interesting category the comedies because you had the early ted lasso wins and then you had hacks win writing directing and best actress and so i was like wait is hacks going to beat ted lasso like but then i think the problem was that in those categories ted lasso had put forward like four episodes each one so I think it was hard for people to know the difference. They didn't all vote for the same one. Not that Hacks isn't good, but I just feel like that's probably what happened. Also, Hacks is definitely a more uh, writerly, mm-hmm. directorly <laughs> show than Ted Lasso is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think even looking at the best, um, the best writing, like I, I, I watch Hacks. I liked it, but I think, I think the two episodes that were up for Ted Lasso were so much better written, but I think it just, it just became a messy situation. I feel like they should have, you know, picked one, picked one (laughs) episode to really put their horse behind. Um, 
but alas, here we are. Well, also <laughs> you have like a Schitt's Creek versus like Veep kind of a thing going on yeah. where Ted Lasso is like a comedy comedy where Hacks is a dramedy. And <laughs> so like the writing is a different energy. Like Hacks is is it's a comedy but it's a <laughs> drama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the it's only like thing the- I, the only thing that really surprised me about Hacks is when her one night stand kills himself. Like honestly that was that I gave them props for. I enjoyed that twist. <laughs> that yeah. I mean I really liked Hacks, but yes. And then also uh, yeah, like in that in these categories it sort of came down to a Hacks versus the flight attendant versus Ted Lasso as like the only three viable available options in any of these. And again, almost everybody in all of those shows is white. So there wasn't going to be anybody of color winning in these comedy categories. Yeah. Which is too bad, but everyone good that did like, I liked that the hacks writer and director or wait, was it an actor and the director who are married? No, it's the it's the writer and director. <laughs> that was cute. Okay, I'll admit. That was cute that they won those back-to-back awards and they got to be all sweet to each other and it was very precious. So I'm a sucker for that. Um, he's also a very... He's my favorite part of the Hacks show, so I was glad to see that he got <laughs> he got that award um, sort of through a roundabout way. But um, I enjoyed that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ted Lasso won, which I was like, okay, yes, I like Ted Lasso. So I was happy with that. Um, Okay, limited series. I feel like this is where the most of the... (laughs) Such a mess. Yes, well, because you have the the fact that I May Destroy You didn't win more. I think that's the big story and the big thing that people are upset about from the evening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't wrap my head around how this happened. I'm sad you didn't watch Mary Town just so I could have your real unfiltered opinion about it. I like Rob watched it. He did not like it. I watched it and I was like, oh, this is fine. I think the reason it 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 did as well as it did had a big part with what they admitted, which is that, oh, we we were able to come together as a society and watch something. And I think that was a big deal for that show because it was week by week. Everyone was on Twitter talking about it. It was like, I don't remember the exact timing, but I feel like it was when we were in the denial phase or not the denial phase. We were in the acceptance phase of COVID and we were just like, well, let's find some joy somewhere. Like let's find some community somewhere when we're all just isolated and alone. And it turned out to be this HBO show, which I feel like if it had come out in another year, it wouldn't have been as big a deal except for the fact that Kate Winslet is in it because I just, I don't get the hype. I like, I'm not mad about it existing. Like, I don't think it's bad, but I'm like, I don't, I don't understand the the weight we're giving to this um, cop show. I don't know. I are you gonna watch it? You think or I don't know. I mean, like I sort of want to now because it. I mean, it seems interesting enough. And th- the only thing that I kind of got from the uh, from the clips and stuff is that is this a very like act? 
factory show. I mean, it has like big named star or not big name, but like noticeable, recognizable television stars. And they seem to be doing like accents and sort of having big performances <laughs> because mayor of Easttown only won the acting awards. It didn't win the, the other things. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. maybe it's just sort of like a star power. Uh, like, like these are big name stars who we recognize recognize and they are doing kind of like the most and in, especially in <laughs> yeah. some of these categories where they're up against like WandaVision and Hamilton that you can see <laughs> how like uh, you know like Julianne Nicholson yeah. for Mayor of Easttown is up against like Catherine Hahn who I mean I think arguably should have won but it's like it oh, didn't seem like won. anybody was really getting on the WandaVision train um Renee Elise Goldsberry from Hamilton, Philippa Sue from Hamilton, and then Moses Ingram from The Queen's Gambit, who I feel like I forgot, like I forget what her character yeah, even no, did on that show. So, yeah. like, uh, I don't know. I was annoyed that I May Destroy You did not win the acting on awards that it was up for. But I think that part of that was just that the people weren't like recognizable names. Um, Mm -hmm. but that was, that was frustrating, especially supporting actor, because I mean, I don't know what Evan Peters was doing in Mare of Easttown, but I'm sure it was not as good (laughs) as what the guy from I May Destroy You was doing, Kwame. I loved him. Mm, And then, I mean, lead actress in a limited series, I feel like was full of a lot of strong people because like Elizabeth Olsen was good. Ani Taylor-Joy was also good, but yeah, Michaela Cole was great in that. Did you ever end up watching I May Destroy You? I know, but I'm going to now in solidarity with their loves. I yeah, I love no, that you're I the one upset good. and you're like, oh yeah, I haven't I even know. seen it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this show so much. <laughs> I know. It's very performative feeling, but it's more that I just I watched Mirror of East Town and I knew like this isn't this isn't as good. Even Queen's Gambit, you can just Get this vibe. I don't know. Like, honestly, honestly, the worst part of this entire show was when the director won for Queen's Gambit. Oh, my god! And gosh. they started to play him off. And he had the audacity to say, seriously, stop the music. And it's like. He had two. Like, he had two sheets of paper, like of this long, oh like college essay. Um speech oh my gosh it was so bad like that's what and i don't so, get like, is flowery. if you're if you're writing it down like if you're preparing a win don't time you it. test the time yeah like don't you like see how long it takes you to read it like i've never i just i couldn't wrap my head around it he was tried he was played off three times and he refused to do it and then at the end he's like i'm close to i'm almost done and then he spends another two minutes just talking about anya taylor joy yes just this like poetic language it wasn't like thank you it was like wow your eyes shimmer like saucers it's like calm down good sir like what are you doing here and it wasn't even like he was the creator of the show, like who'd fought so hard to have it made and had some sort of big story for how he finally got his piece up there. It's like, I don't know. I was annoyed by that. Like so much. He was grandstanding and people were not having it. Like on Twitter and stuff, yeah. everyone hated him. Yeah. Like this guy like thinks he's so special and it's like, yeah, getting played off sucks, but a lot of people were able to deal with it in a much more likable way than this guy. 
So I, I soured also, the whole Queen's Gambit for me. I also loved that the that the playoff music was like was the sad song from The Sopranos, the Conte Partiro <laughs> song. That's like <laughs> it was like it's like I don't know who picked this because usually it's just you know like elevator music or whatnot. But I was like, this adds an an extra level of like depressing. <laughs> relevance to this uh to these speeches going along yeah. oh, what a moment i also um well yeah with the limited series it's like the other surprise was um ewan mcgregor i was like wait what are you nominated for well you, we had talked about here? that category and how <laughs> like truly there was just no but like there was nobody and nothing (laughs) i feel like this has been the case with this category for like several years now where there's just nobody good who's a man (laughs) who has a limited series well you voted for leslie odom jr and i said hugh grant which i think was an underdog they were both underdogs in weird ways well it's like the fact that hamilton got so many nominations (laughs) is strange I mean, I guess it did win whatever the like variety, blah, 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 that it was up for. But it's like, I, nobody was going to give these people another award. Like, they've had their award. They <laughs> yeah. won the Tony for these performances. And it's the exact same performance. It's not like a a new, ver- it's not like they made <laughs> yeah. a television version of Hamilton. No, it's like the same thing just recorded. And so they had two nominees. You had Hugh Grant for The Undoing, which I think a show it, not nominated anywhere else here, only nominated <laughs> because they needed more men to fill up this lineup. And then you have Paul Bettany from WandaVision, who's like, I like is the male lead, but isn't like the lead of the show. And then, right. yeah, and then you have you and McGregor for Halston, which I did. Anybody watch that? I didn't watch it. <laughs> so it's it was just like this category's a mess. Like truly, the, throw a dart at a wall. Like no one cares yeah. who wins this. Like it's <laughs> uninteresting to us all. I was surprised that Lin Manuel did not appear at some point in this. I was too. I was like, where is he? Did he have COVID? <laughs> Yeah. Like, is he on set? <laughs> He's just place? like over it. I guess he's mad of how people turned against Hamilton. No, he can't there is, deal with it there is no way. <laughs> he definitely is doing something else or he would have been there. He's in negotiations to replace You know what? Them. I bet he is. I bet, I bet he's working on that, like, uh, on that movie that he's directing that um comes out later, that musical, the Tick, Tick, Boom one. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I bet know. that's what he's up to because otherwise he has to be there. I mean, I'm already, I'm. <laughs> I am like both sad and happy at the same time that it seems like in the Heights is really kind of like not had staying power because it means we won't have to deal with Lynn for the whole award season. But also (laughs) I feel like that movie was so good. It like deserves to be around, but oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Um, What was Jennifer Coolidge doing sitting with the Hamilton table? I don't know. I was very I think, confused by that. <laughs> I think that there just must have been an extra seat or something. Um, They're just like here. I mean, she had to go somewhere. <laughs> she, she was so funny in her presentation. She I mean, good, she doesn't yeah. have to do anything. She just stands up there. She's like, ah, oh, well, yeah. Um, uh, it's like it's like she's not doing anything, but just ha- panting sort of, and I'm eating it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so then Queen's Gambit won the limited series overall, beating out. <laughs> I may destroy you and Mayor of Easttown. And then Yes, both of our respective guesses. So I really was surprised. I I mean Queen's Gambit 
was a long time ago and it and it held people's ca- uh, attention i guess for that long so congrats Queen, to it <laughs> queen's gambit is still an enigma to me it is still <laughs> a strange show in my mind because it was so popular and in a like very populist like oh my aunt and uncle watch it kind of way yes. but i don't understand why because i sort of found it to yeah. be long and boring and not that exciting and if it had been like i could have seen it being a big hit with sort of you know your snooty uh, you know, like Oscar Beatty kind of crowd. But the fact that it was so popular on Netflix, I'm like, who, like what? Who was watching I think watching it was because, just I think COVID? it was like the CBS crowd, right? Like it was people who watched Big Bang Theory. Like it was pseudo edgy, but it never really went to the edge. Like sure, she did drugs, but it was always like cutesy, arms distance, look at an addict and, a, and someone using sex to distract themselves. Like it was very like palatable edge and i think that's what made people but that that's for that's why i'm saying the the majority of people were able to get on board like grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles people who aren't watching i may destroy you people who don't tune into hbo's newest obviously not i may destroy you but i'm thinking like you know like i can see why people are watching criminal minds even though maybe like i'm not watching because like okay it's interesting it's entertaining yeah I can see like see why people like the morning show, even if it's not necessarily like great art, it's entertaining. <laughs> Where Queen's Gambit, I didn't find entertaining. I just found oh, it boring. I thought it was fun. You didn't oh, like it? I didn't remember that. I, well, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was like decently done, but I didn't find I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think the plot was that interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I just thought it was kind of dry. Mm. Yeah, no, I didn't think it deserved the award attention it got, but I didn't I didn't hate the show. Like I thought it was pretty, I thought it was very gripping. We enjoyed it. I mean, okay. it was a, probably an episode too long, but it, it, it was no, it was no Emily here. in Paris. No. <laughs> oh shoot. Yeah. Let's not, let's not get into that. Um, uh, I'm excited <laughs> for season two. I am excited for I'm season sure you two. Are. Um, uh, okay. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on with this? Uh, um, let me look Emmy at my night? notes. Was there any other weird segments or anything? We uh, we did our guesses on the main acting categories and the main like uh you know drama, comedy and limited. And we yeah. both scored 6 out of 15 even though we barely <laughs> we barely agreed on things. I think we So were not too, a great year for either. I feel of like us. we were too <laughs> concerned about the vote splitting. Yeah. I feel like or yeah. at least in my recollection, I would I feel like I was too concerned about the votes. Well, I got the Ted Lasso. I got the Ted Lasso acting ones right, so I don't know if you could say that about me. Well, well, okay. So then you were just bad at the other categories, but I feel (laughs) like at least I was like somehow strategic. (laughs) I was more optimistic. I was hopeful for the um, for the groundbreaking nominees to follow through with groundbreaking wins, but alas. The crown. The crown it'll be came interesting back to, to bite see, me in the butt. It'll be interesting to see whether the crown does well next season because I feel like it did fine in its first season, then better in its second, and then not great in its third, and then better in its fourth. So I wonder <laughs> if a new cast next season will mean that it's uh, as. I don't understand. I thought they're not allowed to go into Prince Harry's life. So what is the next season going to be like? Just them as kids dealing with a dead mom like i don't understand what's compelling about it well princess diana hasn't even died yet 
So oh, she that, hasn't? No. No. Oh. They, <laughs> the, the season ends just with them getting a divorce. So I bet, oh, I feel I like see. that probably her, the like leading up to her dying and then her dying is going to be most of the season. But they're casting a new Diana? Like they're I, getting a new cast, even well, though it takes place the next day? Wait, I mean, what do not you mean? literally, but I'm saying if she hasn't died, but they just got divorced, there's a very short window in there where she's I think, still... no, I think that they were, I think that they were to get, I think that she, they were separated for a while, for like several years before she died. But what I'm saying is who are they going to cast that, like, it's not like they age suddenly. So why would they get a new Diana to play her? Oh, well, I mean, they just do that every two seasons. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. the was the difference between whenever, um, you know, the last set switched over. Like, I mean, it was only a couple of years. It wasn't like between Olivia Coleman and the first girl that it was like a 10 year period. They just have to because then, you know. But wasn't it? It was like her as a teenager, sort of. And then it was her as a young 20. And now it was her as like a 50s. Like, you know, like it seems like there's bigger chunks than the sudden. No, there's not. There's not time (laughs) gaps like that. I mean, it's like literally the next year. It's just, it's just like. Just a fun chance to mix it up. Well, they have to switch it at some point. Because otherwise you'd have, you know, Matt Smith playing the same prince until he's 90 and they just have to do makeup and stuff. So it's like, I think that they purposely are like, we're switching out everybody every two years, even (laughs) though that doesn't really make sense. Like, because they're only like, yeah, a month older or whatever. Yeah, we're getting lost in the weeds here, but I'm probably never going to give the crown another chance. Well, I guess if they do the Diana story, um, you didn't watch. I tried, Matt. I literally tried. Here's, but what did you try? Did you just try the first season? Mm, I tried the first season when it came out. I did not like it. And then I tried this new season because I was like, oh, the Princess Diana stuff. But I'm frankly surprised they went acting because I'm pretty sure 80% of the script is just them staring at each other. <laughs> the the first few episodes, for whatever reason of this <laughs> show, are not good. I will say that. I hate that excuse. It's like... Well, you get three episodes. That's it. If you're not grabbing me by then, then like, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm just telling you, you know, that's just, for whatever <laughs> reason, that's the situation. I think it's because the early, <laughs> I think it's because the early episodes are World War II episodes and they're basically things that you already know about or have seen a million times. So it's not that interesting. I think they have to get through the World War II stuff before <laughs> it becomes, it's, I, I'm, I'm, that's just, that's just fact. Okay, and I think okay, that perfect. everybody, for the most part agrees that those first couple episodes are not interesting. And then all of a sudden it gets interesting <laughs> for whatever reason, the acting okay. is in this season, I feel like is very, it's at least a lot. Um, I don't think it's a lot of staring at each other. It's mm. a lot of like Margaret Thatcher is doing a lot. Princess Diana is doing a lot. Prince Charles is doing a lot. The queen <sighs> maybe isn't just doing as much, but I think you probably just didn't watch enough of it if you think that they're just yeah, sitting around. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know. It, it's all stuff that is either made up or I could just read a history book about. So it's sort of like, why? Why watch also an entire series when I could just watch, you know, a movie? That's I, kn- I know how your mind works of like, uh, like once it's decided that it doesn't like the yeah. thing, it's <laughs> like, yeah, there's no, there's no turning back. You know, it's like, it's gone. 
it's yeah. the train has this left is the station. Like, this is like my other um, Mrs. Maisel. So it's yes, like, I'm right. never going to yes. give this mm-hmm. a shot. Yeah, no, I feel you with the Mrs. Maisel thing. <laughs> but um, I'm glad we got to break this down. But, but you should watch I May Destroy You, which you're stumping <laughs> okay, for, yes, but then will, not watching. I will watch that one. I, it's been a depressing year and a half, so it seemed hard to really lean into the more depressing content. But, but it's I will. depressing. It is very depressing, but it's also very good. And there's a lot of not depressing yeah. parts in the middle. Yeah. And I loved her acceptance speech. And I think it's a valid point. And I think that is something that's really empowering about this story. So I'm I'm glad to see where she is. And come, both of her know. friends in the show are so freaking good. And the fact that w- the girl didn't even get nominated and then the guy didn't win is uh, frustrating. But yeah. yes. Well... I hope you get Anyhow. some time to watch Mayor of Easttown on your airplane rides coming up. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will be watching moment. stuff on these flights. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that's what you've got to choose. Um, but we'll we'll uh, take these weeks, you know, if anything big happens or if I feel like talking about the Bachelor in Paradise finale, maybe I'll hop on to do that. But no promises. So this could be the last you hear from us for a couple weeks. But Matt, we wish you well on your marathon through, um, is it Berlin? Yes. I'm rooting for you. Oh my gosh, thank you. You <laughs> want to know what I watched last time I flew to Europe? I watched the entirety of Escape at Danamora. So really. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. <laughs> Maybe it's time to watch the Kaminsky Method. Yeah. You've got it. I'll watch Mrs. Yourself. Maisel, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll just watch all of Sex and the City. But the number of people have told me that I need to watch Sex and the City. Maybe this is when I just bite down Maybe and do it. Maybe they hate you. No, it's not I worth know, it. Something. Um, but anyways, um, always a pleasure. You can find us on our social media accounts at PS You're Wrong on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email with your Emmy thoughts and or content ideas um at psyourong at gmail.com and since you'll be missing us over the next two weeks we have a bonus episode that'll be coming out on our patreon if you want to support us there um but until matt comes back um winning the berlin marathon oh yes um number one in in order for me to win the berlin marathon (laughs) there would have to be like mass food poisoning across to the entire like you know the gatorade is spiked or something and i'm the only one who doesn't drink it i don't even know what would what would it take well rooting for you (laughs) anyways thank you and we'll see you guys like in a month or whatever okay bye (laughs) 